I'm Steph Scholl. And I'm Taisha Osler. And Taisha, who are we chatting with today? We're talking with Dana Conway from Utah Key Real Estate. So Dana, you got into the industry in 2006, almost two decades. So you have a lot of experience. Yes. So tell us what sparked your interest. So I had a really good friend who had gotten divorced and was buying a new house. And I went with him to house shop with him and his agent. And I thought, wait, I really like this. And so I went and got my real estate license. And I think the third or fourth house I sold was the new house he bought after he got remarried again. So that was kind of what sparked it. Wow. I So we've known each other forever. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like we grew up in this business <laughs> we <did>. together. <laughs> <laughs> Always asking each other questions and getting each other's info. I've never heard that story. You've, so, you've actually closed several deals for that person. Oh, my goodness. That is too funny. <laughs> yeah. That is great. I love that. I love that you just found that you loved it and and made it, you know, something that you wanted to to do. Yeah. It was just found it as a passion. So that's great. And she, and it is a passion for you. Too. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it shows, too, in the way that you take care of your clients. And having been a client of yours myself, I can attest to the fact that you are so good about taking care of your people and answering questions and being available. So nice. Thanks, Taisha. <laughs> so why, like, Taisha's talking about how it's your your passion. Why do you love it? Like, tell us about that. So if people could understand how much wealth you can build with real estate, everyone would be buying it. So it's the thing that I want to tell all my young clients is if you can buy a house and rent your basement out or rent out a room. So don't be house poor, figure out a way to do it so that it makes you some money. Then someone is helping buy you a house. And then once you've done that, if you could buy a little rental property and maybe you don't make any money off of it each month, maybe every month you just break even and just cover your mortgage. In 30 years, someone bought you a house it's just a really great way to build passive income. And the difference between real estate and other wealth building avenues is you can live in your investment. So if something happens, you need to sell your house and move to your little apartment. Those are options. I just think it's a really great way to build wealth and security and to create a safe haven for your family and your money. I, I completely agree with that. And I think that just having worked with you for so long, I've seen so many of your clients take that route. For those who have maybe not started as young as they would have liked to, mm -hmm. what's your advice for those investors? So I didn't start young. We lived in San Francisco until I was 30. So we weren't buying a house there. So we didn't buy our first house until I was 30. And then we didn't buy our first investment property until I was 46. So you don't need to start young. My advice for young people or first-time home buyers who aren't young is figure out a way to house hack, meaning figure out a way to make your house work for you. So get a house that has a basement entrance that you can make a basement apartment. Or in some areas of Salt Lake County, ADUs, which are accessory dwelling units, are allowed in the backyard so you can buy a house with a bigger lot and put an ADU in the backyard. Figure out a way to make your house work. Don't get caught up in the Instagram of it all and worry about it being the cutest. 
worry about it making it work for you. That is key. That is such great advice. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of people would do well to, to listen to that, especially now. Even though interest rates are higher, it's harder to find those little pockets of, of investment-worthy properties. They're out there. Oh, for sure. And it's possible. And people can still do this right now. So Absolutely. And there are some areas of the valley that the houses really lend themselves to putting a basement apartment in, just the way they were built. They already have a side door that goes straight down the stairs. And Utah has passed some laws recently that make it much easier to have an accessory dwelling unit, which is a unit separate from your house, or a basement apartment, because we do have a lack of housing. And rents are sky high. They have skyrocketed. So it's an excellent time to try to figure out how to build wealth through real estate and also how to use your house to pay your mortgage for you. Yeah. So Well, and I love that you gave the examples of how old you were, because I think sometimes it's like, oh, if I would have only started at 21, think where I would be at, but that your first rental was at 46, and that it's just like getting in. And so I'm sort of curious, since you've been in the industry for a long time, what do you feel like are the questions that most people ask you? Because I'm sure you observe the same sort of human behavior over and over of things they get nervous about, things that they're curious about. So I think the funniest thing about real estate is people say all the time, shouldn't it feel good if it's the right house? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's a really stressful decision. It's the most expensive thing you're going to buy. And it's stressful. So I think people need to just accept the stress. But the thing that I would want to tell people is when I bought my first house before I was an agent, I called the lender, they told me how much I could qualify for, and I bought a house that cost that much, which I had no business buying. I couldn't afford it. Yeah. And my advice would be, you really need to be working with people who care about your whole life. So who are trying to educate you about your finances and your options, and you don't need the biggest best, and just because you qualify for it doesn't mean you should be doing it. So was it when you got into real estate that you realized, oh. No, it was when I made my first mortgage payment. That you were like, oh, I don't have. (laughs) We can't go anywhere ever again. (laughs) And I just didn't have any guidance Mm -hmm. for someone to say, don't do that. Buy this other thing or rent out your basement Mm -hmm. or. You're going to need to buy groceries too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just didn't. So my advice to buyers would be, Understand it's a stressful decision for everybody and make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who really care about your overall well-being, not just about you buying a property. Yeah, I think that's great advice too. And I think that you're really good about helping people find a team like that that will help take care of them that right. way. So I think that's that's great. I think another thing that I admire about you, Dana, is that when there's some type of a a roadblock or a hiccup or something that you know is a little bit strange for the certain property or whatever you always find your way through that and i really admire that some some agents i think say you know oh this this property has so many issues on it and they just give up on it but you always push through and find ways to solve the problem and I really admire that about you. That's nice. I do think most people want, it can be a win-win, 
buying and selling a house can be a win-win. And I do have, like I have an inspector who one time called me from a house and said, your client shouldn't buy this house. It is a nightmare. And I called my client and said, don't buy that house. Like I work with people that I really trust as well to make sure that we're getting as much information as we can. Yeah, no, I think that's excellent. And I guess what I mean by the way you work through it is like, you're willing to go a little bit extra mile, you'll call the city and figure out what plat needs to be done or what, you know, what work has to go into making it happen. And so I think that's, that's really great. You want somebody working for you that will, will do that extra leg work. So yeah, that will be like a bulldog of like, okay, I'm here to help you with the inspector calling. It's a big deal if they're saying don't buy the house. Right. And you just have to, you have to have a team that is willing to give up what benefits them to benefit you. If you're a buyer or a seller, they you need someone whose number one concern is you having as positive of an outcome as possible. Yeah, and I, I think that you're you're excellent with that. So in terms of buyers, what, what kind of advice would you give to, to buyers? My number one thing would be to get talk to a lender. So the first thing you should be doing before you're looking on Zillow or Utah Real Estate or any of those sites is to talk to a lender. You need to understand your financial situation. And once you have that information, you can decide what kind of house do I want to be buying? Do I need to have a basement apartment? Do I need to offset this mortgage a little bit? Do I need to look in a different area because it's less expensive? So the first thing would be to talk to a lender And then the second thing would be to have a list of what you think you want. But I always say people don't know what they want until they go out and look. So I have clients who have a list and then we go out and look and their list is not actually what they want at all. So be a little bit open. Yeah, yeah. Keep them up and open mind. That's great. And then what would you tell sellers right now in this market? (laughs) So this is so tricky and I feel really bad for sellers because the market turned really quickly. We're up, the number of listings we have on the MLS is up 133%. Wow. So last- Since when? So since last year, but for example, last December, we had less than 2,000 listings on the MLS, which is the whole Wasatch Front. I didn't look today, but we're hovering right around 10,000 now. Oh, wow. So it's so many more listings. Days on market is much longer. It's taking longer for houses to sell. We're not seeing multiple offers. But I think what sellers need to remember is your house is still worth more than it was a year ago. It's just not worth as much as it was four months ago. Mm. So you've got to be staying on top of the market. So if you're chasing the market, meaning your house was worth 600, four months ago, and now it's worth 550. Don't list your house at six, list it at five, right? You don't want to be chasing the market. But it's a tricky time to be a seller. Yeah, absolutely. And having a good agent who can, you know, look at the comparables and figure things out, helping you price right. Yes, helping you price right and be willing to adjust. Because as agents, we are also pricing based on we price everything based on sold properties. Oh, so okay. all the sold properties 
sold for more Mm because they sold a few months ago. Right. So we are also a little trying to see where the market's going. We don't want to leave any money on the table. We want our sellers to get as much as possible. So right now, it is a little bit of trial and error and adjusting as you go. I like that you said that the houses are still worth money, but just not what it was six months ago. I think that that is a key thing for sellers to get out of this. The market was such an anomaly. When we put a house on the market and there's 20 offers, that is a super unusual market and it wasn't sustainable. And we've, you know, come off of that. It's really better for everyone to have a more balanced market because most sellers are also buyers. Mm-hmm. Most sellers are selling their house and either downsizing or upsizing. So you get the benefit one way or the other, and you just have to change your mindset a little bit that, yeah, your house is probably going to sell for less than it would have four months ago, but the house you're going to go buy is also going to be less. So it's True. a balance. Right. And I'm curious. So you had said like last year around this time, there were like 2,000 homes. Was that normal before? No. The, okay. So like what what is it usually in comparison to? Yeah, are we getting question. back to like the normal before the pandemic? Yes. So a balanced market is about 10,000 okay. listings. Oh. So wow. we're at a... And when I say balanced market, we call markets either a buyer's market, yeah, meaning it's a great market to be a buyer, or a seller's market, so it's a great market to be a seller. A balanced market is it's fine to be both. Okay. Once we get more than, I think the Salt Lake Board of Realtors says once we get more than 10,000, it becomes a buyer's market. So we're right on the edge of it being more of a buyer's market, hmm. but it's been a seller's market for a long time. Yeah. It ebbs and flows just like the stock market. Yeah. You just have to, I read something that said people who try to, it doesn't matter if you time the housing market. What matters is your time in the housing Mm. market. How long have you owned your properties? Mm. Yeah. I like that. And and I think that's really reassuring to hear that this is getting back to what it was like before. And I mean, and no wonder it was crazy if it was 2,000 houses. Oh, there was like, nothing to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. So no wonder we did, like in people's contracts, they were doing like crumble cookies for a year. Yeah. And all. <laughs> like, did you see a lot of that? Oh, weird stuff? We saw so much weird stuff. And <laughs> it's scary as an agent because you had buyers buying houses putting down non-refundable money without an inspection. Mm-hmm. I always say you spend more time picking out a dress at the mall than you spend picking out a house. It's so true. And it's not great. Agents don't love them. Buyers just felt frenzied. It, it's not an ideal situation for sure. Mm-hmm. It was great for sellers for a little while there, and now it'll be more balanced. Given that, there were a lot of buyers that were jumping into things quickly. Mm-hmm. What's your advice to them now if things, you know, have changed a little bit where our economy's not quite as stable as it was and you know, they're maybe like in that same situation that you were in when you first yeah. bought your home where you're all of a sudden they're like, Oh my gosh, I have to make this mortgage payment. Like, what's your advice to them through this? So the interesting things about these buyers is they jumped in quick, but their interest rates were so good. Their mortgage payments sure are usually pretty handleable. That's not a word, but but if they are in a situation, I would say stay, keep your real estate whenever possible. So figure out a way to make money off your house. 
Good. Can you rent out a room? Can you rent out the basement? Can you, there's a lot, can you move out and move into your parents' basement and rent out your whole house for a year if yeah. you need to? But especially for people who have an interest rate under 4%, hold on to your interest rate. That, I don't think we're going to be seeing that again for yeah, a while. I think that is solid advice because just like you said, it's a lot like the stock market, stock market and you just got to stay in it for the long haul. Exactly. It'll eventually come back around to be that investment that yeah. you need it to be. But. And most people are not, there's very few people whose house isn't worth what they paid for it. True. So we're, we haven't seen a decline in prices. We've just seen an increase in the number of properties on the market. And sellers were saying, oh, my neighbor sold for 400 and it's been three months, so my house is worth 450 which that was the case mm -hmm. for a minute there. Yeah. It's just not the case anymore. What do you think is like the, the biggest challenge in the real estate industry right now? I think education. Okay. Educating the public about what's happening. I'm 51. For people under 40, the 2008 housing crash, they think of that as just a regular cyclical part of our housing market. And it is not. That was a once in our nation's history situation. And so people get really panicky, like, oh, the bottom's gonna come out. And that's just not the case. The housing market has ups and downs, just like the stock market. You know, we're not all expecting the crash of 1920 to be happening again in the stock market. And same with the housing market. Right. So I think if we can just educate people why are there more homes on the market? Why have prices, you know, slowed a little bit? And it comes, there's a really simple answer. It's interest rates. You know, if you bought a $500,000 home at 3% interest and your payment would be, I'm making these numbers up, $2,300. And now at 5%, which is a great rate right now, mm -hmm. your payment's $3,000. That's right. a big difference. So people have to move down their price range because they can't afford that monthly payment. Right. So I just think if education, if people understood why things are the way they are, in addition to what I mentioned about getting a lender and being open to what really speaks to you in a house is to trust yourself. That go into a property, sit in the family room, see how that feels. Do you wanna come home to that place? And you have to trust your gut a little bit in making these decisions. I love that. And, and know who who you are and how you live. Take a little bit more time <laughs> yeah. than just picking out a dress at the exactly. mall. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But I have had clients buy something that I, I knew they didn't want. And I think they knew they didn't want. You did this deal, Taisha. <laughs> I had a client who said, I want to live in a certain area. And she called me and said, oh, this house came up. And I said, that is not in this very particular area you've said you wanted. Oh, but I really like the house. So we went and looked at it. And she said, oh, I love it. I'm going to buy it. And I said, really? Even though it's not in this area? Yes. So she bought it. She paid cash. So it was a pretty quick transaction. And she went on a trip. And she called me when she got back from the trip and said, Dana, there's a house for sale in this area that I've been looking in. And I was panicked. I thought, does she not realize she bought that other house? Like, <laughs> it was such a quick, quick mm -hmm, transaction. Yeah. Maybe she didn't, she hadn't moved in. Uh, yeah, right. But she knew she'd bought it. She, and we sold it. And 
bought this other house. She never moved into it. But <laughs> she talked herself out of what she knew she, <laughs> she wanted. wanted. And right. I thought that was a mistake. Yeah, well, funny. and like good that she could have the funds to do that where other people would probably oh, feel like stuck. If she'd gotten you know? a loan, she wouldn't have been able yeah, to do that because right. it's expensive. Yeah, yeah, to do all of that. That's oh, good, no. good thing she just could trust you and come back and say, yeah. Okay, you you were right. I didn't. I wasn't quite sure that this was the right uh, one. But. <laughs> People like to do business with who they know, like, and trust. So, when you aren't working, if that's ever, what do you enjoy doing? <laughs> I'm so bad at this. I just started learning to play pickleball. Oh, Yay. awesome! I'm not that good, but I do like it. We have a really, really great neighborhood where I live, and we have a lot of awesome friends, and we like to travel and hang out with our friends. We've got four kids and we like to spend time with them. And so I'm pretty game for an adventure. I'll try just about anything, but I do work a lot. Yeah. So I don't have any really well-developed hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> That's when why I ask when you aren't working. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but the pickleball's fun. I just started playing it. You so. did? Mm-hmm. Everyone starts playing and they're so good and I am. Oh, I'm oh, not good. I, I'm not good at it, but it's fun. Oh, I love it either. too. I'm not good either. I, yeah. I, everybody's constantly like, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> get out of the kitchen. <laughs> <That> kitchen. <laughs> I know. So, but we do have a really nice neighborhood. And we have fun with our friends there, so. That's great. Yeah, that is great. Where's your most favorite place that you've traveled? Oh, Iceland. We went to Iceland last year and we went because there's a volcano erupting. And I wanted to see this volcano erupting. Wow. And so it was kind of on my bucket list, but we moved it up because of the volcano. And it really was my favorite place I've been, I think. I've heard so many people say that about Iceland. It's really a cool, cool place. It's just really magical, huh? Yeah. 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 So cool. I think Iceland is the top of my list, but there's lots of places to go still. That's fun. Well, our last question for you is, you know, this podcast is called Stunning. Most people don't like bragging about themselves, and I get the vibe that you weren't a big bragger about yourself, but I want to hear about a time. I always try to treat my clients like I would treat my sibling. So I want... I want things to work out for them. And I feel like that comes back to me from a business perspective too. If I do write by my clients, then you know they're always gonna refer people to me and, and it's been a good way to run my business. So I can think of two instances. Taisha was there for both. I had one closing and my clients were not making as much off their house as they expected. And they just had some debts that they weren't aware of that needed to come out of the sale of their home. And so we were at the closing table and these debts had come up and we said they have to be paid off. They had a new home they were buying and they were super upset because they were not making enough off the house to cover those debts. And so I took my commission out so that they could cover those dads but again that totally came back to me i think i've sold 10 houses for that family really yeah they're a really great if you do the right thing for people it comes back around yeah but the thing i think i'm most proud of is years and years ago taisha was also here for that one i had a client who had a little modular home so modular home is not a mobile home it's made somewhere else and then they bring it on a truck and set it Mm. down so this farmer had owned some property 
He sold it to a developer, but he put this modular home at the end of this cul-de-sac. It did not match the development at all. So I had this cute little client who was buying this home. And when we went to close, the they couldn't get insurance on it because the city said, if that burns down, you will not be able to rebuild. That lot is non-conforming and you can't build that kind of house there again. So we were at closing when that happened. So I called a real estate attorney who I work with and said, hey, this seems like not a thing the city can do. He said they absolutely cannot. Made a call to the city. We worked on it for a couple of hours and got the city to back down. My clients bought the property and they still live there. It was a good situation for them. So that's awesome. Well, in both those situations, I mean, like to forego your commission that you've worked so many hours for and then to like at the end, you have to be really fast on your feet when you're in those situations of, okay, who do we contact? How do we get this through? They're at closing table. Yeah. You just have to be willing to do what's right for your client over what's right for anybody else. Yeah. That's the key. I've seen you do that over and over again. So yeah, Dana is the best when it comes to just making sure that her clients feel like they're really well taken care of. So she's stunning that way. (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back to you. And I think that's true in life too. If you treat people that way, it will come back to you. Yeah, that's so true. Even if you're not treated that way in the process, because I feel like, as somebody who's been a, a buyer, it is a stressful time. Oh, it's stressful. And I feel like sometimes that stress comes out and lands on the agent. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and that's got to be hard sometimes, but you're always so good to just let that roll off and do your job. Well, I always tell people who want to be a real estate agent, they say, what should I study in college? I'm like marriage and family therapy. Because <laughs> that's your actual job. You're really just a therapist. <laughs> so true. So, that's uh, great. And again, that's why you use a real estate agent. Because right. those, you know, people like you have been in the industry forever. You know that. You've seen that mm-hmm. that process happen.